0: We're continuing on through our series of uh, looking at what uh, I'll just click to that one what uh, the, the story of the Bible is, the story that it tells us and tonight as we, we travel along we've been through um, different stories such as uh, creation, the sin to uh, the covenant with Abraham, that God's going to uh, redeem his people through, Uh, this man's family we've we've seen the law we've seen how to live with god so many different things last week i think it was last week or two weeks ago uh, we we talked about ruth does god really care about me and then last week we we led up into first and second samuel as as the history of god's people continues uh, with david this promised uh this this guy who seems to be this the promised king the one who's going to fix everything but god comes to him and says david it's not you It's not your kingdom, but but it's something completely different. And so we continue to wonder, okay, where is the fix? What's going to fix everything that's gone wrong? And as we look at it tonight, we're going to look at three books. We're going to read the three books and talk about every single verse in those three books. Y'all good with that? Yeah, that would be like intense. And we would be here for days, not just hours, but days. So we're not going to do that. We're going to look at three books, though. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. We're going to talk about this idea of what is the good life. So let me ask you guys, what do you think? What is the good life to you? What makes life good to you? What would make life good? What do you guys think? Being an Auburn Tiger. Dude, being an Auburn Tiger. I or Eagle, know. my man. Or Eagle. They're leading the West right now. I thought it was more Tiger. Being They're leading belief. the West right now. Well, I think Alabama is. Yeah. Alabama is <laughs> the leading the yeah. West. All right, what else? What, what makes life good? What makes life good? Food. Food? We what? No, don't get eat. What'd family you say? We are first? Oh, you're coming. We are family? Family and friends make life good. Okay, what else? Miles, Josh, what y'all think? What makes life good? What? A good house? So you you, 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 you think okay, a family friends, uh, and football, cheer wine. a good house, cheer wine, oh, so many different things. So let's think about this. Listen up, listen up. Let's think about this. What is the good life? We have so many different things that we would say, man, if I have this, if I have cheer wine, man, life is great. Life is good. It's soda. It's a soda. Matt, you should just Leave. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> it's a good dream. But no, you, so we say all these different things, man. They, they constitute what's well, a good life to us. They make life good. But ultimately, when you think about what is the good life, I mean, if, if I don't have cheer wine in my life, I'm going to be okay and I can still have a good life. Good if I don't have these, these different things in my life, I'll be okay. One of the main questions that the Bible is trying to show us and answer to us, to reveal to us, is that what is the good life? you're here on Sunday mornings Uh, a few weeks ago, we started Psalm Psalm 119. And at the very beginning, it continues over and over to to show us what is the good life. How do we have the good life? Because I think every one of us in here would say, I want a good life. None of us would say, hey, I want to fall flat on my face, have everything ruined, and just live my life in shambles. Not a single one of us would say that. We all want a good life. This is the question that everyone is searching for the answer to. And Scripture has been making it known since Genesis 1, showing us how we can have this. It shows us that it's simple, but it's difficult. It's an answer that we'll always search for, but something that we can always rest in. And So consider consider where we've been. We we talked about it a little bit, but but go back to Ruth. Ruth. When we asked that question, does God really care about me? Does God really truly care about who I am and what I'm doing? Ruth shows us that the answer is absolutely yes. He cares about the everyday little things that go on in our life. And so we can see that that God deeply cares about what's going on. But the question really comes up for ourselves is, is do we care about God? And and at that point, it really drives us back to the question of what is the good life? We leave this this story in Ruth saying, okay, how can we have this life that's good? How can we have a life that, that pursues what is good and has this, this right answer? And I think we find that in Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. So turn over to the Proverbs with me. If you have a Bible, um, open up there. If you don't, there should be some on the ends. Raise your hand if you need one. Um, we can get you one. Grab one right there, Ethan. Um, there's two more if anybody needs one. Open up to Proverbs. It's right after the longest book in the Bible, right after Psalms. Proverbs uh eight thirty-five through thirty-six. I'm gonna read one verse in chapter one and then we'll flip over to chapter eight. Wait, what did you say? Proverbs eight thirty-five through thirty-six. I'm not an alphabetical Proverbs what? It's alphabetical there you go, perfect. Proverbs eight thirty-five through thirty-six. I'm gonna read Proverbs one seven real quick. To get us started on this idea of what is the good life. It's, it begins in 1 7. The fear of the Lord is the knowledge, or is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Verse chapter 8, 35 through 36. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find himself, to find me, injures himself. All who hate me love death. Let's pray real quick. Father, we love you. God, we're grateful for your grace. Help us to to see the answer to this question through these books this, this evening. Help us to understand our need for the good life and how you push us to live in this way for a specific reason. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your kindness. In Christ's name, amen. So really, when we ask this question, we see it answered, like we said, in three books. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And really, in three completely different ways of what is the good life. The scriptures are answering our question of whether we are satisfied, whether we're satisfied with God's answer or not. It's showing us how we're supposed to live, what we're supposed to do. I mean, it begins really most clearly in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a—if you read it, you, man, it's a really cool book. But it also gets really confusing because it's just one line after the other. It just seems to be changing up in the middle of it. Like, what in the world are we talking about? But in Proverbs, we begin to see something going into action some some force that's coming out that's showing us how we should live our lives we begin to find this universal force that guides people into how to live a good life and that force is wisdom and you really see it personified personified throughout the book as as this lady wisdom so you get this picture of this lady who's, who's wise and who's doing all these different things. And in chapter 8, we get the best picture of, of what that looks like. In Proverbs 8, Lady Wisdom begins to call to us. The very first verse, it says, Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries aloud, To you, O man, I call and my cries to the children of man. She's crying out to us from from all over saying, Hey, here I am. It's showing us, look, wisdom is in everything. There's wisdom in in how we can choose and live our life. Wisdom is ready and it's waiting to guide us into a, a new life. It's something more valuable than jewels, it says in verse 11. It finds life for us. But wisdom is not some mystical spirit. So when you go to your grandparents' house and you say, man, like my grandpa is so wise. like He knows so much. like He may, he may know a lot. But it's not because he has some mystical power of the universe has just come in and just blown his mind up to where he's just amazing. Now, I'm sure you have an incredible grandpa at, at the, with saying that. But it, wisdom is some force that we see. It's, it's really an attribute of who God is. And it's a force that guides us into life with the Spirit, life with with God's Spirit in us. It shows us that that this is, it it guides us into a life that's really the desire of our hearts, the good life. And so as you look at Proverbs, you continue to see lady wisdom is, is really woven into the fabric of everything. Every decision that we make, there's wisdom there. Where good decisions are made, we're tapping into to what is wisdom, to, to the wisdom of God Himself. And where bad decisions are made, we're working against what wisdom is. We're saying, you know what, like the, the good way is not, not good enough. It's not right. And so what Proverbs wants us to learn is that wisdom creates a beautiful life for you and for me. It shows us that, look, this is the, the right way for us to live. But where does it begin? Because wisdom begins somewhere. We have to find it in something. Where do we find it? Proverbs 1.7 says, the beginning... Uh, I'm going to butcher it if I just say it, but Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Right there, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of all wisdom. And so our journey to wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. How can we have the good life? And it's, simply put, Fear the Lord. Buy into this wisdom. As Proverbs shows, wisdom begins with, with honor and submission or simply awe of God. That's this idea of fear is that, that wisdom begins where, where the awe of God is, where we look at God and are just amazed at what He's done. When I, I came up and, and shared that Romans 8.1, man, we can look at a verse like that and say, yeah, I know Jesus has died on the cross for my sins. I've heard that over and over again. Of course He did. But when you truly understand, when you're in awe of what He's done, that's when you fear the Lord. It's just the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. A life lived in awe of God is a happy life, a useful life, a discipline, disciplined life, a life that is in pursuit of who God is. But, in, but when Proverbs ends and Ecclesiastes begins, it seems like you get a completely different story like something is, is completely messed up because it looks like, okay, Proverbs are saying this, but Ecclesiastes is going a totally different way. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes just for a daily devotion, you will get to it and you'll probably just sit there depressed <laughs> because ultimately what the guy says over and over again is he says, look, all of life is meaningless. Life is pointless. It's vain. It's empty. And so it seems to go against all that Proverbs says. Ecclesiastes twists our view of the world upside down. It rejects the idea that if you think positive and if you do good, then good things will happen to you. It's, it's basically saying, look, karma. You guys know what karma is? Credit karma. What? Credit karma. No, not credit karma. <laughs> not credit karma. Karma, this idea that, hey, if I do good, good will come to me. Ecclesiastes says, yeah, that ain't true. Because plenty of us can do good and bad stuff happens to us every single day. And so as the guys at, at Bible Project explain, Ecclesiastes teaches us three things about life. It says we are but a blink in time. It means like your life is over like that. You think, your parent, like you think right now, man, life is so long. I'm so ready to be an adult or I'm so ready to be where I can drive or I can live on my own or all this stuff. Man, you're, and you're, you look at your parents and say, man, life is just going so fast. It's because they've begun to realize, man, life is, it goes over and over and over. Man, it, it's, it seems like it's flying by. Ecclesiastes says, yeah, it is. Life is literally like a mist, a vapor, and it's gone. It also says this. It's, it's depressing. It says, look, you'll die. Every single person in this seat will die. I watched a video this uh this afternoon it was kind of funny and this is a little morbid but uh this guy was prank texting uh some some random numbers and uh, he acted like he was a seven-year-old texting his his mom oh, and so wow. he texted he texted his mom or something and said uh hey uh mommy somebody just told me that grandpa is di- gonna die and the guy turned like texted back and this random number so the guy the seven the fake seven-year-old is texting that to get a response the guy texts back and says yeah kid, sorry uh everyone dies and the kid like he responds just kind of jokingly and, and he's like oh what like no that's terrible that's terrible like mommy that like, why would why would he die and he, the guy responds yeah you're gonna die too <laughs> and then it keeps going he keeps going mommy why would you say that and and the guy responds like who do you think you're texting and the guy says my mommy mm-hmm. and he says well i'm not your mommy but she's going to die, too. <laughs> but as, as silly as something as that is, as a video, the guy who's trying to get jokes, the reality is, and so it's, a, it's a, a morbid truth, that each of us will die. Every single one of us is going to die. And life goes in the blink of an eye. But then it also teaches us the third thing, that we can't control anything in life. No matter how hard you try, you cannot control a single thing in your life. And Ecclesiastes says, look, well then, life is pointless, isn't it? It's meaningless. There's no purpose to it. Because these three, these, these three things are true. The book states that, that life is just a vapor. That it's not, not necessarily meaningless, but, but the meaning to life certainly is unclear. What are we supposed to do with it? What should we do? How should we live? And at the very end, flip over to Ecclesiastes. At the very end, it's the book right after Proverbs. In Ecclesiastes 12, the author answers the question. After saying, look, all of life is just chaos and vain and, and it seems meaningless so many times. What should we do? Ecclesiastes 12:13. the end of the matter. This settles it. All has been heard. What do we do? Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. He says, look, if if everything that I've said is true, if we're all going to die, if life is just the blink of an eye, and if things are so uncertain and unclear that we can't control them, then the best thing that we can do is we can fear God, we can stop trying to control our lives, we can enjoy the simple things, and we can live in the fear of God. We can live like we actually trust in and are in awe of who god is and so you come to the end of, of proverbs and ecclesiastes and we have our answer to what is the good life proverbs really gives us this picture perfect of hey life is all great like if you fear god all these good things will happen if you do this then this will happen it gives us a picture of living in the fear of god of how things usually work but ecclesiastes kind of halts that and says look this is reality That may happen and there's a good chance it will, but but it also might not. Bad things can still happen to good people. But then you're, you're left asking after that, well, if this is true, how do we see this played out in life? And the book of Job answers that question immediately for us. You see the wisdom that's given to us in Proverbs, the reality in Ecclesiastes. And Job is literally a man who felt this to his core. You look at the book of Job and at the very beginning it tells you that he is the most righteous man in the land. And that means he is literally the best guy in town. There is no one who is better, has better conduct, is a better person, is better, just a better guy all around. When you think of someone that you know that is just, man, you love them because they're kind, they, are, they do right, they do good. That is Job. But he's even better than that. But guess what? Man, you, you read in and he loses Everything that he has. A guy who's done right. And what happens? All his animals and, and his livestock and people who work for him are literally burned up in fire or destroyed by other people. Then you think, next, what happens? Because, man, that stinks. He's lost his livelihood. Then literally, as his, his whole family is gathered and Job is somewhere else, Job and his wife are somewhere else, the house falls in and kills all of his family. Then you go, keep going after that. And what happens to Job as he's mourning his family? I and mean, he gets cuts and sores all over him from head to toe. And it eventually ends where Job's wife says, look, Job, man, this is terrible. Just curse God and die. Like, there's no reason to live anymore. But Job says, man, I trust in the Lord. And if you look at the majority of this book, literally, Job has friends for the majority of this book that just continually over and over again say, Job, man, you have really messed up. You've done some something really bad. I don't know what it is, but you've done something wrong, awfully wrong. And that's be, like, no one knows what it is because Job hasn't done anything. But his friends continually accuse him, saying, "Look, you've done this. You've done that. You've done everything wrong. That's why this is happening." And Job is completely innocent. You read the book, and Job is on an emotional roller coaster. Job has highs and he has lows. And in chapter 31 of Job, and you see Job just really come almost broken to God. Job goes to God and is just so upset with, with what's going on. And in chapter 31, verses 1 through 4, you see Job really just bearing his heart saying, God, I can't take this anymore. You're reckless in how you were giving and doing life. Verse one, he says, "I've made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? What would my portion from God above? what would be my portion from God above and my heritage from the Almighty on high? Is not calamity. Is not badness for the unrighteous. It's not disaster for the workers of, of lawlessness. Does not he see my ways and number all my steps?" He says, "Look, is not bad stuff supposed to happen to the bad people? I'm a good guy. You know who I am, God. Why have you done this?" And Job is, is frustrated. He says, I do not deserve this. And God answers him in the next several chapters by really taking Job on this incredible journey. Not answering his question at all, but showing him a, a new perspective. He takes Job on this tour of the universe and he shows them, him how vast everything is. How all of life works and functions and what it's doing. And God reorients Job's perspective on life. He shows him that his perspective is, God's perspective is infinitely bigger than he could ever imagine. It may look like God is unjust in some decisions, but his decisions interact with, with the whole universe of complexity. And so Job never learns through this book why thing, the things that happened to him did, why his family died, and why he lost everything that he had, why his <laughs> wife turned his back on him, why any of this happened. He never learns any of that stuff. But he's able, by the end of the book, he's able to live in peace and in the fear of the Lord. And so Job losing every, everything we see is not a punishment for Job. And him gaining double back is not some kind of reward for what Job's done. Job shows us that, look, things happen because they happen. Because it's all a part of how God is working. And we can trust in that if we live in In the wisdom and fear of the Lord. And so as we we finish thinking about this, the question, what is the good life? You get Proverbs. It tells you, look, live in wisdom, live in the fear of the Lord, and it leads to what is good. You get Ecclesiastes. It says, look, life is short, we'll die, and it just seems random at times, but fear the Lord nonetheless. And then you get Job And it says, look, we won't understand why everything in this world happens, but God is in control. So what should you do? Live in the fear of the Lord. Fear who God is. That doesn't mean, look, run in terror for what God is doing, but but trust in who this God is. Be amazed at what he's done. So what is the answer to this question? What is the good life? The good life wisely lives in the fear of the Lord. It wisely lives lives in light of who God is. What that means for us is that, look, you're gonna, we need to all take a step back from how we're living. Because we make every single decision that we, we do on a daily basis saying, look, how is this going to impact me? I don't like that. I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't like how this is shaping things. But instead, let's see, man, go to God with, with everything that you have and trust that, that He'll orient your steps in the way that He wants. Trust that He'll push you to to go in in the right way in life we see the truths of these three books playing out in so many different ways there's a right way to live and doing the right and good thing often returns good results if you do good let's take it for school if you if you act well behaved at school you're probably not going to get in trouble But you know there's times where even if you act well behaved you may get in trouble. You may get accused for something that you didn't even do. You may get pushed and, and hurt for something that you had no part in. And Ecclesiastes tells us, "Look, like we can't help that. That happens sometimes. That that's that's just life." So when we do good, good oftentimes will will come, but but we can't be assured of that because just as Ecclesiastes tells us, "Look, we we life is a blink of an eye. We'll all die, and, and life happens." sometimes. We can't control that. Sometimes cheaters win. Sometimes the arrogant are allowed to keep boasting. And sometimes sinners may build an absolute empire. But even if that happens, even if sin is run rampant, we can live at peace knowing that God is in control, come what may. So what do we do? Three quick things real quickly. One, we we keep perspective. We, just as God took Job and took him on this journey to say, hey, this is how you should live, we keep our perspective. We see, look, there are so many things going on in the world. Every decision made, every action that happens, then it happens according to the wisdom of the Lord. So realize the brevity and the difficulty of life. Keep the right perspective. Secondly, fear the Lord. And look, you will find it over and over in the Scriptures, this idea of fearing the Lord is not to say, hey, run to God in terror or run away from Him in terror, but to simply, man, know that this God is bigger than anything else in life. He is in control of absolutely everything. And when our life is short, when we will die, He never will. He is there for eternity and He invites us into eternity through Jesus Christ. And lastly, we see it calls us to do good, to live wisely in the fear of the Lord. What that looks like is is what we've been saying. I man, go to school and, and be good. Not for the sake of, hey, I want to get a check mark by my name of, of you done so well today, but because man, we want to do all things that we do to the glory of God. We want to live in light of God and who he is, what he's done. So Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job show us this beautiful answer to what is the good life. And it shows us it's difficult to attain, but it's also so simple. All we do is fear the Lord. Let's live like that. Let's live in pursuit of the fear of the Lord. Let's pray together tonight. God, we love you. We're grateful for your grace and your kindness, for what you're doing in and through us and how you um, are shaping us differently every single day. And I pray that as we consider what we've talked about through Proverbs, through... Um, Ecclesiastes and Job, that you would show us how we can live in the fear of the Lord, how we can pursue you more through all that we do, Lord. We're thankful for your grace and your kindness. God, we love you and we thank you. In Christ's name, amen.